0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Miss Art World. This is the Miss Art World podcast. Uh, For those of you who are just new to the podcast, I talk about all things art. It's for artists. It's for art lovers. We have a variety of topics. Usually too much wine is involved. We do artist interviews, which are my favorite, which was supposed to be today's episode, was an artist interview with someone who I'm pretty much in love with. Her name is Claire Lockhart. I I can't remember if I met her or she met me on Instagram, but it's basically created a love affair of um, feminism within the art world between us, and I highly respect her, unfortunately, and it will happen in every podcaster's life is that we did a whole hour and a half episode recording and I just had new technology and we ended it. Everything was wonderful and I realized that nothing recorded. Nothing recorded. So I need to get her back into the studio, do another interview with her because she was amazing and has a lot of great insight. But for this episode, I really wanted to take a closer look on how artists, galleries, and art fairs are pivoting their businesses and business models within the context of a global pandemic and what that might look like as we are starting to reopen. There's a variety of different articles that I have been gathering this information that I thought was interesting. One is from Forbes by Amanda Lauren, who had some great things to say. The other is from Business Insider. So I have a bunch of notes that I just want to review with you because I thought it was interesting and so important for artists to hear in this time. And it talks about artists galleries, and fairs, and kind of what has been going on, and maybe what it will look like after, but with also some things to keep in mind for artists that are working from home that you can do to make the most of this time. So if you're like me, you have spent a lot of time at home, and this is how most people have been spending the last couple months. And because of that, naturally, people are redecorating. They're looking at their environment where they're living and breathing and growing and wanting to make that space better. So luckily this means that art sales haven't dropped off the map like people thought it would. Partly due to the magic of technology and social media that has been able to have uh, galleries and even artists make their own virtual online exhibits. And this strategy is basically you pivoting. The pandemic is a huge roadblock for many people, especially in the art world. First off, art tends to be seen as a luxury. It's the first thing that people stop spending money on when we're having economic troubles. Also, it's something that people really feel like they need to see in person before purchasing. Which, now that a lot of virtual online galleries are making tons of sales, they have realized that serious art buyers, and they say serious art buyers as people that are spending $1 to $5 million, are buying art without physically looking at the product. Those people are people who have bought high-priced art for a long period of time, so they feel comfortable Buying art that they haven't seen, probably because they're first off well-known artists that they're buying, and also they probably don't have a limited amount of space within their house where they are so concerned with. Okay, I only have three walls. What art piece is going to fit, and how do I make the most of my space? So, serious art buyers aren't uh, too worried about seeing art in person. But what about us, the the small people in the world that don't have one to five million dollars to spend on art. We like to see the art pieces in person. And a lot of galleries, art fairs, cater to, the, to those types of people, to me, who want to see the artwork in person. Those art galleries and artists are hosting their own by appointment only viewing sessions for people. And what they have discovered when they do that, when they say, "Hey, you can come into our to my studio, um, but only a few of you at a time," during this time, it creates this very VIP feeling where maybe you're not there spending one to five billion dollars, but you do have the intention of spending money, and you are treated now as that person who is going to be spending the $1 to $5 million, the VIP. So you get your very own tour of the gallery, this exclusive experience that most people don't ever get in a gallery experience or even from an artist. The artist studio is most of the time kept very private. It's your working space. I know for a lot of artists, they do not like people seeing works in progress However, you have no choice now but to invite people into your studio so that they can see what you're working on and make those sales transactions. Like in retail, if you have that very exclusive VIP feeling within your customer service, people are way more likely to actually purchase a product or purchase your art piece than they would if they were in an open reception and you're struggling to talk to 50 people all at once. So if you haven't opened up your studio yet, of course, keep in mind all the safety regulations. Um, If you just can't open up your home or studio to people, that is okay. There are different options for you. But if you can open your studio up to people safely, then that's something as an artist you should think about. How do you do that? You post it online, you invite people by email, and honestly, I hate talking to people on the phone, but if someone called me, invited me to their studio over the phone, I would feel very obligated and flattered for the personal invite. So these are all things that you can think about. If you don't wanna have people physically in your space, uh, another option that you can do is a virtual VIP tour of your studio to show what you are working on one of the galleries that i follow tag gallery in hollywood uh, ryan hennessy is the president right now and he does such a good job on making this very vip exclusive feeling with his virtual artist tours where he walks around the gallery and talks about each piece and it's Such a different experience than you would have gotten if you just wandered in. To see the show, another strategy that a lot of artists have been focusing on is making sure that their website, their social media, and other websites that they're connected to, like Artsy, are all up to date. So I've spent a lot of time researching how different keywords that I should be putting into my website to make it searchable, not only searchable, but higher in uh, the Google Analytics so that if someone is searching for performance art, hopefully my webpage will be one of the higher ups on the Google search that if you're an artist who just hasn't had a chance to build their website or build upon their website or really hasn't had much of a social media presence, now is the time to do that because the virtual world is not going to go away after the pandemic is over. I know a lot of artists that I've talked to said, well, in a year or two, everything will go back to normal. That is not going to happen. Many experts agree that the digital art world will now thrive because people have been so forced into it that they have realized that there are so many positives that come out of having all the virtual online galleries, all the uh, different art market sites connecting people who necessarily wouldn't have the same opportunities to buy different art pieces all over the world. And so we are not going to just jump back into normal once the pandemic is over with. There are tons of galleries who unfortunately aren't going to be able to just step back into it and have their art gallery space restart. And that's going to be a lot of artists too, who have lost a lot of funding and momentum behind their work to continue with where they are now. So really lean on that digital art world experience and put some time, money, and effort into creating a presence for yourself online because that is what a lot of the galleries are doing right now and you don't want to be left behind. Now don't freak out because most experts agree that the digital world will thrive after this but not necessarily overtake the physical art world altogether. Of course, the art world loves a good party. They love a good bash. They just embrace the gala experience because the art world is flashy and it has a lot of money usually, and it's a very social environment. People love to gather. They love to dress up and they love to talk about art and see art in person. So that is not going away, but the digital art world and the physical art world will go hand in hand, and you have to have both within your art practice. What is also interesting is the art market. I don't know much about stocks and the S&P 500, but through this research for this episode, I really wanted to kind of look back at past recessions and see how the art market did when it was trying to bounce back. And good news, everybody! (laughs) The art market actually bounces back faster than the S&P 500 during both the 2008 recession and in the 2015 and 16 market sell-offs. So hopefully, which we don't know, but hopefully it will be the case for this economic disaster recession as well. I think partly because people who are able to spend money on art are the people who usually are not living paycheck to paycheck. They they have a lot more money to spend than most people. And so they are used to spending money on luxury items. And one thing that I, I really do think will play into the arts not completely disappearing within our communities is that for years now, our society and our culture has really embraced the arts. We have public art and we have civic art and we have open studios and all these great art fairs that are coming in. All this energy has been put into the arts for so long and it was really just gaining momentum of this burst, uh, an explosion of creativity that we as a community have just gotten used to that and are government and programs and nonprofits have been able to put aside money for different programs. Like for my position, we are still moving forward with a lot of the projects that we had already put money aside for. Now, I don't know five years from now if there's still going to be public art, but I think because our communities have now realized the importance of the arts Within our community, for future generations, it's not gonna just go away as easily as people think it will. Due to the struggle of funding, we will figure out a way to continue creativity. It may be not, it may not be $150,000 public art projects, but it could be a lot smaller projects, but still. Bursting with creativity. So let's talk about art fairs. If you haven't already heard, sadly, Art Basel Miami has been canceled. And when I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, that seems so uh, early to be calling it and saying that it was canceled. But then I realized, you know, it's such a big. And at that scale, you really have to make that cancellation early because there's so many logistics, so many people involved and galleries that you don't want to continue with the planning of that just to cancel it three weeks before the scheduled event because of COVID. Like, it just doesn't seem worth it. So they've decided that they are going to do it next year. If you haven't gone to Miami, Basel... It is fantastic. You should go. Not this year, obviously, because it's canceled, but you should definitely make it a trip because it, the whole city of Miami completely changes for Basel. It's not just this fair, but they have so many satellite fairs that pop up and exhibits and parties that you cannot take it in all in one weekend, so... It's just, it's an amazing, amazing fair, and I can't believe that it's canceled, but I do understand and respect that it has been canceled. On the flip side, I was reading an article about Superfine, which is a art fair founded in 2015. They are planning to revitalize their in-person events beginning in 2021, which their first three-day, four-day event uh, is scheduled for February 4th in Los Angeles. They have a bunch of different rules that they're going to be putting in for people to come to their event. So it requires all artists, vendors, staff, fairgoers, etc to undergo health screenings aka taking your temperature. Also a number of guests will be limited to 75 to 100 people at one time to maintain social distancing. Entry is limited to approximately 90 minutes. Not sure how they're going to enforce that but that's what it says. Um, I don't know if someone's going to be walking behind you timing you but um, it's It's a nice thought. Floor plans will be directional. However, they did say that if you do need to make some loops to encourage people to buy and view pieces that they're interested in, that is okay as well. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I think a lot of the fairs are taking the lead from bigger fairs. So, as you know, Superfine is a new fair. It's not that big of a fair. Their prices are a lot lower than you would see at an Art Basel. Um, usually prices at their fair go from 100 to 1500 the most costing 2500 They usually cater to a younger crowd as well. So 26 to 45-year-olds. And that's that kind of market that is buying things in person, that is not spending the $1 to $5 million. So this fair might do a lot better than something like Basel, where people who are buying this level of art need to see it in person. Now, the article that I was reading suggested that it's a great time for artists to sign up to participate in an art fair because you have that one-on-one experience. You have a lot more serious buyers coming in, which is all great and it sounds great. Now, I don't know if I would support an artist doing a fair for the first time. If you've done fairs before, you know what you're doing. You know what you're getting yourself into. Sure, go for it. Do the first super fine that's opening up. You might get a ton of people who are just itching for the art world to open up and it might be a super success however it could be a super flop too so for a first-time artist who who's thinking about oh well maybe this is the best time for me to just to, to do a fair um, I would hold back maybe go to the fair see how it goes but I would hate for you to sign up thinking that you're gonna get all these people looking at your work and then just not getting any serious buyers due to all these limitations that they're enforcing to get into the space. Now, to look at what the art market or art world will look like after this pandemic is over with, of course... No one can really tell you, but what we can do is look at the past. And I mentioned previously a little bit about the art market, but I want to take a deep dive, and I'm going to give full credit to The Art Newspaper, an article written by Scott Rayburn. And the article is basically, can COVID-19 kill off the art market for the art world? And he quotes Rachel Pallnell, which is a economist who basically went through the past 30 years of auction sales, which is interesting because I guess auction sales are the market's only reliable data uh, during which two significant downturns occurred, the 1991 and the 2009. So in 1991, the auction market shrank by a staggering 62% as Japan's asset price bubble collapsed. This was a market for a multi-million dollar works of works by Rainier and Van Gogh. And the reason why it collapsed is because these pieces were so overpriced already that the market just couldn't keep up with the prices. So the art market then took 13 years to recover back to the 1990 level. Now, in 2009, that recession was the result of the banking crisis. Auction sales fell by only 36%, which is still a lot. But the following year, they almost doubled again. And then in 2014, they rose relentlessly. And I'm quoting the article right there. Literally says, rose relentlessly in 2014. So one of the big differences in the 2008 recession was that the art market at that point was a global market versus back in the past where there were just pockets of the art market. Another big difference is over the past 30 years, the wealthy have just gotten wealthier. Collecting art has always been a wealthy man's pursuit. Not, And there are plenty of exceptions of people who aren't wealthy, start collecting early and have these amazing art collections as they get older. But most of the time, the people that are buying art are very wealthy. And that is because it comes with the distinct luxury lifestyle that they're very much used to. And you have to have in order to travel to these auctions, fairs, biennials, and be able to pay the high price ticket to get in early to get the piece that you want, as well as attending parties and dinners because there are certain art pieces and certain galleries that will only sell to certain buyers because they want the prestige of the collector. So the big question was, will the art market, art world, return to normal? The problem, what we're seeing is, sure, the 1% of the art world that most of us don't belong to, who aren't represented by Gagosian or Hausernworth, and Worth, we won't see normal again, most likely. <laughs> uh, they'll go back to normal because they haven't really been affected by this pandemic. But all of us who aren't within the 1% or being represented by the top galleries. We will be affected by this, unfortunately, because we are now heading into an economic downturn unlike we've ever seen. Uh, it's going to be a deep recession where small businesses are suffering. And these small businesses are our small galleries, our nonprofit galleries, With wealthy collectors no longer traveling, most art business is done online. Art dealers are typically reporting now a 70% drop in sales, and it is predicted that a third of our galleries will be expected to fold. There is work still being sold. Jeff Koons just sold an $8 million piece via a gallery online viewing room. I, for some reason, wasn't invited to that room. Sotheby's and Christie's have had hybrid online streaming Zoom rooms to capture some of the theater that goes along with the auction, but it's just not the same. And it's not the same because there's only a small percentage of people in that group. The rest of us are dealing with, unemployment and unrest and a pandemic like we've never seen before. And what it's going to be interesting is artists who are making work that speak to what we're going through right now with COVID-19. That work is going to be the work that will define this period in time and will eventually represent what we've gone through. And, And all artwork that is able to represent that period of time always does well in the history books because art is a reflection of our culture at this time and we can't really see the pieces that are defining our time now it's going to take us 15-25 years to look back and really see which pieces were the game changers and i I don't think that a Jeff Koons piece is going to be that piece from here on out. It's going to be the artists who are severely affected by COVID-19 and they're making work that speaks to that. That is what I'm going to be interested in seeing as the art world kind of rears back up. It might not have... The small galleries that we're used to it might not have the same opportunities that artists are it might not have the same opportunities it might not have the same opportunities that we have been used to but like we have seen throughout time artists are resilient they're creative and they have a way of always being hopeful and I, I feel like their art it could be very depressing but there's because they're making art, it almost makes that piece a hopeful piece. I didn't give you a whole lot of answers, but maybe looking back and going through this article with me, I'm gonna um, put the links up on our Instagram pages so you can actually go read the article. But hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight. Please, please don't become depressed. I do think that we will make it through this There are more artists in the world than there has ever been, and I think just that creativity alone is going to be a powerful force to be reckoned with. So keep on working, keep on doing what you're doing, and know that maybe you won't see the results of your efforts in a couple months or a year or five years, but 25 years from now, the series that you're working on now could be in a museum setting, defining what we're going through now so keep it up don't forget to find us on instagram at the miss art world podcast we also have a website miss podcast.com you could also find all the podcast stuff on my own miss art world instagram missartworld.com please let me know if there's any topics that you are interested in me researching for you or that you want to talk about, or nominate an artist to interview, we, me, (laughs) are gearing back into doing interviews with all kinds of different people. So let me know what you think. And as always, love you guys so much. Keep creating.